This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. Today, I've got Nelson Tressler. Nelson, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Brett. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's good to have you. You're coming with us from Las Vegas, Nevada, right? Yep, here in Vegas. Well, you can't beat that. What's going well in Vegas right now? You know what it seems like? I just saw an ad that said, you know, right above uh, them taking off some of the restrictions that uh, we were pretty packed down there. So that's exciting. It's It's been a ghost town for, for a year. So excited that uh, Vegas is coming back. We definitely need a lot of people here are, uh, you know, struggling. That's right. I've had some buddies that are out there right now for the, uh, they went out there for the March Madness this past weekend. So hopefully, hopefully that stuff's opening back up for you guys. As I know that's a big part of the business, obviously out there. Yeah, absolutely. So you are an author, you are a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're all sorts of things, man. So, uh, but you don't just wake up and get to do that, but you're also the founder and CEO of, uh, uh, I got smarter, right? The uh, the author, which we're going to talk about, the Unlucky Sperm Club. What a name for a book, man! <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, I get a lot of eyebrows raised on that, and people don't know what to expect. But uh, once you hear my backstory, it it kind of makes sense. Right. Awesome. Well, why don't you share a little bit of that with us, if you don't mind? Why don't you talk about that? What's made you the man you are today, and and uh, had the success that you've had? Yeah, I got quite the origin story. Uh, my mom got pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. And wow. while she was pregnant with me, her father, who was the local trash collector in a small town in central Pennsylvania, drove into the town square, spotted two police officers, stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on those police officers, killing one and uh, critically wounding another. And eventually my grandfather's captured and brought to stand trial where he's facing the death penalty. And during his murder trial, my mom gets up and testifies to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed that police officer was that that police officer had had raped her. And she was now pregnant with his baby, who was me. And uh, my mom's testimony worked. The first trial ended in a hung jury. Uh, eventually, my grandfather was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Because of my mom's testimony, the, the death penalty came off the table, where he eventually spent uh, the rest of his life, more than 40 years behind bars, leaving behind uh, my wow. mom. Uh, she came from a family of 15 children. And uh, now me in this small town to deal with the consequences of what my grandfather had done. Wow. That's an unbelievable story. Say we dove right in. We just dove right in, Nelson. 
Yeah. Believe it or not. I mean, my, my life, you know, doesn't get any easier from there. Uh, you know, born in a small town, you know, everything surrounding my birth. So I'm dealing with all of that. I'm born to a 15 year old mother. Uh, eventually she meets a man in a bar, uh, who becomes my stepfather. And, uh, we quickly come to find out that he's an alcoholic, very physically and emotionally abusive to me and my mom almost daily. And uh, eventually, in quick succession, they have four children. And because of the lifestyle that they're living, uh, a lot of the basic needs of my siblings fall upon me as the oldest, from bottle feeding to diaper changing to waking up at 2 a.m. to put crying babies back to sleep. And at this stage of my mom's life, you know, she would rather me stay home and help her with the kids. You know, school was no priority. And I remember in, at the end of fourth grade, you know how excited you get at the last day of school? You want to see who your uh, homeroom teacher is for the next year. And I yeah. remember looking down at my report card and seeing that I had straight Fs and uh, that I'd be repeating the fourth grade. And it shouldn't have come to any surprise. I probably missed 50 or 60 days of school that year. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't spell. The next year, I get placed into special ed. Come to find out I have dyslexia. And my life went that way until one day my stepfather was walking home drunk from a bar. There was somebody else driving home drunk from that bar. And they end up hitting and killing him. Jeez. And uh, as hard as my mom's life has been to this point, you know, my mom has no education. She's dropped out of school in the eighth grade. She's been physically and emotionally abused her entire life. But losing my stepfather pretty much broke my mom. Uh, she could not figure out how she was going to care for five small children on her own. And it's at this time that she decides that she's going to take her own life. And uh, she attempts suicide. And fortunately, she's not successful. But whenever she gets out of the hospital, it's at that time that my family gets split up. And I go to live with my grandmother, who is the wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. Wow. So how do you, Nelson, I mean, how, what, what is your uh, thinking behind why you've become so successful with that? I mean, my goodness, the amount of tragedy, right, that you've dealt with uh, in your life, you're, you're especially that young of a life at that time. How, how have you battled through that, man? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy, as you can imagine. Growing up in a small town, everybody knows your business. Uh, right. Everybody absolutely Especially knew Especially that business. business. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knew that and, and knew of my family. So I, I talk about a lot of that in, in the Unlucky Sperm Club and, and growing up in that. But one day, you know, when I moved in with my grandmother, for the first time in my life, there was always food in the house. Uh, the lights always turned on when you hit the switch. And there was always heat in the house uh, in the wintertime. So my survival instincts were kind of uh, able to relax for, for some time. And right. I started to reflect, where am I going to end up uh, You know, when I become an adult and I have a family? And I looked and I'm like, I didn't like where I was ending up. I didn't like... Uh, you know, my, my uncle had owned the garbage route after my grandfather went to prison. And I worked on the garbage truck since I was nine years old to make money. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to end up there. I, I, I love the people who worked there and had some great times, but that wasn't what I wanted for my life. And then one day uh, I was at school and a, and a counselor from Penn State University came down and talked about what it was going to take to get into college. 
And that was when bells and whistles kind of went off in my head is like, man, if I could get a college degree from that point on, yeah. my life would be perfect. And that, that's kind of what I was thinking. And uh, you know what happens when you tell yourself you're going to do something that's going to be hard. That voice screams at you, man, just stop. Don't even think about it. You're never going to do it. Right. And I remember thinking to myself, Nelson, you're in special ed, man. You can't read, you can't write, you can't spell of the family that I came from of my mom's 15 brothers and sisters two had ever graduated high school. None had ever even gone to college, but I saw where I was going and I'm like, what do I have to lose? And I started to do what I thought I needed to do to get into college. And 12 years after that assembly, uh, four different universities, four years in the United States Air Force, I became that first person in my family to get a college degree. Clapping for you, man. For those that are listening, if you can't hear it, I'm clapping. That That is unbelievable because I mean, there's thousands, millions of people, right. That have had a a tough upbringing and can do what exactly what you said. Who am I to think that I can go do this? Who am I to believe that I'm the one that's going to be the first kid in my family to graduate from college, but yet you did it. And so I I wonder, like, did you see something? Did you, did you, you obviously, you know, the proverbial, I tasted it. Like, what was it though, man, that like, said, yeah, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go start businesses. I mean, what was your job out of college? I mean, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I I think college was just that first thing. And it was just like, I knew where I was going to end up if I didn't do it. And it's kind of that point where the pain was too much. I mean, what was waiting for me in that small town, what I had to deal with, I didn't want that. And I, I absolutely didn't want it for my family. And I think because of my family situation, one of the most important things to me was having that great family and uh, that family dynamic and becoming a great dad and a great husband uh, because of the family that I came from. So I think the pain was so much and uh, the reality kind of smacked me in the face as I was in that small town that uh, I wasn't going to quit. Uh, I, 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 I knew I had one life to live and I knew if I didn't achieve it, I knew what was waiting for me and I didn't want that. So I think that was it. Uh, you know, also moving in with my grandmother, she was always my biggest fan. You know, I was born to my mom at 15. So my first few years uh, you know, I live with my grandmother and with my mom and we always had that special bond. And almost every day of my life, my grand would look down at me and she'd say, Nelson, you're going to make something of your life. And, uh, you know, she told me that so often and she believed it so strongly. And I loved her so much that I wasn't going to let her down. And, uh, so I think a lot of that had uh, the drive there, but When I graduated from college, um, my, uh, I, I was just blown away. I was just like, holy cow, if somebody who came from where I came from could do this, what else can I do if I set a goal and work on personal development? And I became obsessed. And over the next 20 years, I got into commercial real estate right out of uh, college. Uh, I became the number one salesperson Uh, worldwide for a top five commercial real estate firm several times. I started more than 10 businesses, uh, including one of the largest privately held pet resorts in the country. And, uh, you know, I just celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary uh, to my wife. And 
I can look back and really trace all of that to the belief that I can do anything I put my mind to after I was able to graduate college with goals and personal development. Yeah. I think it's too, what I hear in there is you had that one person that believed in you. Sometimes that's all you need, right? Is that one thing, that one person. And when your grandma says, Nelson, you're going to make something of yourself one day. I mean, that, that went into your ear, right? And tattooed into your brain and it made you kind of become somebody, I would assume. Yeah. You know what? I, I definitely think having one person believe in you is super important. Uh, my gram believing in me made me believe in myself. And yeah. I think that helped me believe in myself. And I think we all have to be our own biggest fans because no matter how much people are screaming support from the sidelines, if you don't truly believe in yourself, it's not going to work out well for yep. you. And, and again, my gram believed in me and I gained strength from that. And because she believed so much in me, I started to believe in myself. If my gram yep. sees potential and greatness in me, there, it must be there. And I started to believe in myself. And I think that that combination, you know, made a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the circuits of the circuit of success is belief. And so I always talk about it, right. It's for me, it's belief in God, but also belief, uh, after my God is belief in myself, belief in you know our company, belief in our values, and but that is one of them. Man, is you got to believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself if you want to be successful. In my opinion, no doubt about it. Yeah, like I said, there, there's no amount of support outside of you that is going to compensate uh, for the fact that you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you have to be your own biggest fan. A lot of times it's not popular and people look at it as you're either conceited or, or, and not, that's not what I'm talking about. Yep. I'm talking about seeing that potential that lies within you. And once you see that potential, you you'll never be the same. Once you see that potential and believe in that potential, you're never going to be the same. You're never going to, uh, settle for average again, because you see what greatness lies within you. And, and it lies within each one of us. I mean, you, you talked a little bit about your faith and I think, uh, we're taught that through faith that we are, we have greatness within us. And, and I think it's our duty to strive to become that best version of ourselves while we're here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think that, just a belief. I think it, you, your comfort zone gets bigger, right? Every time you take one step forward, your comfort zone just gets a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger. Right. And then it talks about the action. That's the one of the, you know, so it's attitude, your belief system, the actions that you take ultimately gets your results. And then once you start to get results, you start to have a bigger vision and then it just, it just keeps going. Right. Cause if I ask you, who do you know that's had a bad attitude for a long period of time? It's had long-term sustainable success. Have you ever met anybody? No, no. Right. And who has a belief, lack of belief in yourself or lack of belief in what you're doing. Have you ever met anybody that's had long-term sustainable success? No, no. Right. And then action, same thing. We can hope we can have the best business plans all day long, but, and people listen to this know this, but if we're not taking action and I mean, daily action, right? I call them RPAs, your revenue producing activities. If you're not doing those things every single day, you'll never be successful, right? Would you agree? I, I agree 100%. I mean, you, you're, you're touching on a lot of the things that are in our program, I Got Smarter. I mean, the first thing is the I, and that, that lets reminds you of the individual. All of your goals, all of, all of your dreams start mm. with the individual that you are. And you need to become that individual that can accomplish those goals. 
And then the A and I got smarter reminds us of the actions that we need to do to accomplish our goals. You know, a, a goal just out there is a dream if you don't know what you need to do every single day to accomplish that goal. Yeah. How important is that planning for you? Do you spend time planning throughout the year, throughout the day, the week, the month, quarter? I mean, what's that look like for you for your success? Yeah. And, and I got smarter. We break all of our goals down into four week sprints. So no matter how big that goal is, no matter how long it's going to take, we break yeah. that down into a four week sprint just because our mind can wrap around that there's urgency there. But part of the, I got smarter strategy is we have a morning ritual and that morning routine we plan out our entire day and it takes all of 10 minutes to do, mm. but now you control that day. You know, exactly, you know, you're working on yourself, you're working on gratitude, you're working on, you know, the strategies found in I got smarter. And then you're planning out what your three goals are. We only have three goals that we focus on every four week sprint. And I got smarter and we know every single day, what am I going to do to achieve this? What am I going to do to achieve goal B and, and goal C and, and through the app, you automatically populate your day now. And mm. after that 10 minutes or so, now you've got gratitude in your, in your mind. You've learned some success strategies. You've reviewed your goals. You know what you need to do for your goals. And now it's self-populated. And all you have to do is start checking things off. And that is the biggest difference uh, in anything. And, and also in the I Got Smarter strategy is you're able to invite a success partner. And uh, we found that there's 95% more likely to achieve your goals if you have that G, that group or support system that's, that's there with you, helping you, encouraging you, and supporting you. And we call it a success partner because you're not accountable to them. I mean, it, it, these aren't their goals. You're, you're accountable to yourself, and they're there to help you stay accountable to, to do what you said you were going to do by supporting you, encouraging you and motivating you. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how we'll let ourselves down, but we won't let somebody else down. Absolutely. I mean, it's it like you say, so if you want to work out at five 30 in the morning, if I know you're waiting at the end of the driveway for me, then probably going to get out of bed. But if it's just myself, well then, you know, there's a good chance I hit that snooze button or just turn the alarm off altogether. Absolutely. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's a 95% more likelihood that you're going to achieve those goals when you have that support system that those people who know what, what you said you're going to do. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So what, what habits and rituals, if I follow you around, am I going to see you're not missing day in and day out? I mean, gratitude, I give gratitude every day through the app. I mean, I think that's one of the things that we realize is if you're not grateful for what you have now, chances are it doesn't matter what you get. You're just not going to be grateful for it. So yeah. we have that attitude of gratitude. We don't want to be satisfied, but we do want to be grateful in all things. So I, I'm always giving gratitude. Uh, I'm always learning. I love learning. I love uh, success principles. And, yep. you know, I, I love watching YouTube videos and, and learning on that. I find uh, myself watching more YouTube than anything now. I mean, there's no TV hardly in my house for me. Yeah. I mean, you get to pick exactly what you want to do. And I want, I want to be productive. I, I want to use my time. One of the strategies and I got smarter is time is our most precious resource and I don't want to waste a second of it. And, you know, yeah. and that's not to say I, I won't veg out on a, a couple of shows me and my wife like to watch, you know, in bed, but I typically get about 10 minutes of it and uh, I fall asleep. So it takes <laughs> us about four right. nights to watch one episode. Exactly. Uh, well, you just, if you're like me, you got to rewind it. I'm like, what, what in the hell happened the last 10 minutes? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't remember any of that. 
she gets frustrated with me because she's yeah. just like, by the time we turn it on and the first commercial, I look over and you're sleeping, but she deals with it. That's right. Um, so yeah, I'm learning. And then, uh, physical fitness is important to me. You know, I, I work out, uh, you know, five days a week and I love to hike. If I can hike during the weekend, I do that. Uh, and it, yeah, I mean, I think those are some, some good, uh, things that you would see when, when you're following me around. I like it. What, what do you wish you had more time to do? What, what's something that's like, man, if I just had an extra few hours a week or a day, whatever it may be, what, what are some of your passions? I, I love to hike. I love the outdoors. Uh, I'm, I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh, and in Vegas, you've got to maybe travel a little bit more to enjoy that. But there, there's some beautiful stuff here. I've got, you know, I've got a Harley. I love to ride and uh, don't get enough of that. I've yeah. got I've got a convertible that, uh, I just forget about the entire world when I'm driving it. Uh, so I, I like to play too and, and kind of on wine, but yeah, there never seems to be enough time to do that. Walk, walk us through. I, I'm always fascinated by this is, you know, as a parent and, and a business owner is that drive home. And then that flip of that switch from business owner, thinking about business, running the business all day, the, the emotions and the roller coaster of that. to now I got to go in and be, be husband and be dad and, and be productive at being those. Those are huge jobs, right? To be a great husband and a great dad. How did you find, cause I know you're what, one of your sons just got married. Is that correct? Yeah. My oldest just got married a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So you're in a little di different stage. My youngest is a first grader, so I'm still going home and lots of craziness going on, but so maybe it's different for you now, but what did you do to be in that moment and, and turn that switch off? If you, if you can uh, turn that switch off to be in that moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to, to be honest, I struggled with that early on in life because I felt like I needed to be the great provider. And when yeah. I was the great provider, I wanted my wife to kind of be the, the Stepford wife because I was making money and providing her, you know, everything that she needed. And in my book, the unlucky sperm club, I talk about that a lot of how I failed as a husband, because mm. that was my mindset. But as I said here today, always my first two goals is I want to be the husband of the year and I want to be the father of the year. Now you talk to my wife and my children, I'm a far cry from either one of those, <laughs> but, but those are my goals. And, yeah. and I strive to do that. Um, you know, uh, one thing I used to always think of is when I walked through that front door, I took an imaginary necklace off of my neck and I hung it outside of my home. And that was what I had to deal with at work. Uh, you know, the commercial real estate deals and, yeah. and business and all that. And I kind of took that off and said, okay, that this is where that stops, uh, including phone, including emails and, and including the stress that went along with that. And then I, you know, figuratively put on the new necklace of dad and husband and tried to do, uh, to, you know, take on that role. And that, and that just kind of movement let me know that, you know, this was what I needed to do. Another strategy we use and in, in I got smarter is we use alter egos and uh, we design this perfect version of ourselves and we name them. You know, my alter ego's name is Fred and, you know, Fred is the perfect dad. He's the perfect husband. And whenever I find myself struggling, you know, with either being a husband or a father 
father, I start to ask Fred advice and Fred always gives me the best advice. And it's become such a joke in our family. Like if I lose my cool with my, you know, I have a 15 year old still at home. If I lose my cool with him, his comeback to me is, Hey dad, can Fred come out and play please? And, uh, he, <laughs> Fred's he, a lot cooler. <laughs> exactly. Fred, yeah. Fred never loses his cool. You know, Fred would have, give us some slack and understanding, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I use that alter ego and, and that really helps me become that better version of a husband and a father and, and really every aspect of my life. So what do you do Nelson on the days that maybe you didn't want to do it? Meaning work, you didn't, you didn't want to go and do that. You didn't want to chase that commercial deal. I mean, there's certainly day I got to think you're just like the rest of us, right? That there's certainly days you just don't want to do it, but you still got to get in and do it. So, so what did you do? What were some tips maybe you have for that? You know, I, I love post-its and quotes and I've got a post-it that's uh, in my desk and it says, if you want to be successful, do the things that suck. And mm. believe me, there are some things that suck out there. And uh, fortunately, as I said here today, I've been able to exit some of those businesses and and retire from commercial real estate and and just focus on building this new business. I got smarter and in my personal brand and mm -hmm. I... I, I, I mean, there's days that I don't necessarily love, but man, I'm doing something that I just, you know, I just love getting up and I know what yeah. I'm doing and I know who I'm helping. And I have a lot less sucky days doing this job than in commercial real estate or running businesses and dealing with disgruntled employees and, and customers. So I don't have as many of those, but I, I just knew like, this is the reason that I was able to be successful is because I could handle those things that suck and I could do it when I didn't feel like doing it. Yeah. And I think we all have to do that. Otherwise you don't build up that momentum. And if you're always going to take a day off when you don't feel like doing it, whether it be working out or being a good husband or a good father, you're just going to throw your hands up and forget everything. You lose all that momentum and you don't build up that goodwill towards it and people can't count on you. So I think that's one of those leadership qualities that we have to develop if we're going to be successful in any of those things, because you're always going to have those days that suck. You're always going to have those days that you have to get through and you just got to find your way through it. Otherwise, uh, you know, you lose all that momentum you've built up. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you look back at the decisions you've made and all these businesses and what, what are some of the risks that you're happy that you took? Ooh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've taken huge risk. Uh, I mean, I, I, I invested in some children's daycare centers <laughs> and, uh, the guy embezzled a million dollars from me and my father-in-law oh. and, and it, it came to light in 2008 and 2009 during the end of the world right. and everything was imploding around us. And to top that off, my father-in-law who was a dentist was, going to have to retire because he was going through kidney failure and needed oh. a kidney transplant. And he had invested a large amount of his savings into these businesses and they were great for five years. But as the, as the recession kicked in there, we started to see the cracks and it ended up having to take that over. And I knew nothing about running businesses at this time. I, I was a commercial real estate broker and that's how I met this guy. And I just threw money at it and it was a great investment. But then I had to step in and figure all this stuff out because my father-in-law couldn't afford to walk away from that money. 
And a few years into it, I'm in charge of hiring. And uh, one of my directors of these, of this chain of children's daycare centers is leaving town and I have to hire another one. And my regional director comes to me and says, I want you to interview this guy. And I'm like, Oh, just stop right there. I'm, I'm not hiring a man to run a, a children's daycare center. And it, it probably was illegal. And, uh, but a, a man has a target on his back when it comes to daycares. And I didn't want to do that to him and I didn't want to do it for me, but anyhow, the guy was incredible. He worked 10 years for a national daycare operator. I ended up interviewing him because they kept, you know, telling me how great he was and we didn't find anybody else. Well, long story. I ended up hiring him two years later, I come home and I turn on the TV because my friend calls me and this is how the unlucky sperm club opens up. And he's like, you want to turn on the TV, man. And I'm like, what's going on? And I turn it on and the news is outside of one of my daycare centers and a picture of this man is there. And it says accused child molester, you know, running local child care center. And that's where I realized Falling to your knees is not, you know, just in the movies, like you, you literally lose that. And that, that was one of those things that I just, you know, the world's imploding as we speak, there's no commercial real estate deals, uh, businesses are, are failing and then bam, this happens. Um, and so, um, but at the end of the day, uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of sleepless nights come to find out he was a child molester, but he had only molested only. And I say that in air quotes, uh, unfortunately, but he had molested a couple of family uh, relatives and nobody at the daycares. Uh, and uh, fortunately he, he ended up uh, getting sentenced to life in prison after that, but we were able to recover because none of them, the uh, abuse took place at uh, one of our centers. Um, but that was uh that was one of the hardest things that I ever had to get through. And then a few years after that, we were able to sell those businesses and get my father-in-law his money back and uh, able to, uh, you know, recover from that. But that's one of the risks that, that I was glad I took because believe me, I, I was ready to throw up my hands and just say, Oh yeah. What I'm ready to start over. Like there's no way out of this, but uh, you know, kept plugging away. I'm going to switch my cameras here, even though it's got all this stuff, I can't figure it out why it's got my zoom and all that, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to do this. So this is your website. Obviously, if you go to Nelson, Nelson, lots of great stuff on there. You can see this. I got smarter, uh, everything, but let's, let's go to your Instagram here. So when you look at this and obviously you've posted all these things, so you can stop me. What, what are some of your favorite ones on here and why? Like I'm responsible for my success. I am true to myself. I am where I am because I choose to be here. When you I, I hear me talk that. about those things. Yeah, I love those quotes. Like I said, I, I love studying and I'll listen to a YouTube video and, you know, they'll say something like that. And I'll, I'll either write it down word for word, or I'll try to put my own spin on it. But the, that's one of the philosophies in, um, uh, I got smarter is I choose to be, ex you know, I choose to be exactly where I'm at. And I think when people realize that and they take responsibility, each one of us chooses to be exactly where we are today for the most part. And I know there's people out there who are in tough situations and, you know, that choice is kind of taking out of their hands. Right. But, but for the most part, we choose to be exactly where we're at. And if we don't like it, 
we get to choose to go somewhere else. That's and, right. uh, you know, and that that's very, very liberating to understand that we are in control. And I think there, you know, the, the subtitle of my book, the unlucky sperm club is you're not a victim of your circumstances. You're a product of your choices. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that like you get to choose exactly what you want in this life. It may not be easy. You may be starting from far behind, but if you continue to make those choices to get you there, nope. eventually you will be able to live the life that you want to live. Amen to that, man. So where do our listeners find more of you right here? Nelsontrustler.com. Yeah, you your own luck. Yep. You can go to nelsontrustler.com. The, uh, the book, the unlucky sperm club, you're not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices. You can find that there, but it's also available everywhere. Books are sold, including Amazon and audible. If you like listening to your books, I, I, that's, that's the way I listen to books. Uh, and then I got smarter is, uh, available at, uh, Android and Apple at the app stores. Uh, so you can go there and check that app out. And then, then, so I get that app, then what? Then you get the app. There's a self-assessment. So you'll go through and really figure out what goals you want to follow. We'll teach you the strategies, the philosophies, the step-by-step, uh, process of what I learned over the last 25 years of being obsessed with goals and really designing a life that I couldn't have even imagined. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that's why I'm out here sharing my story is this isn't something that I just pulled off of the internet and uh, right. posted, posted out there. I mean, I've lived this. I, I've come from some very tough circumstances and uh, I'm living this life that, I mean, I, I I couldn't even imagine this life, uh, you know, being married 25 years and raising three productive kids. That's the great thing with goals. Goals are not just for the person who achieves them. Goals are generational. And not only have, has, have goals changed my life, they're changing my, my children's life and they'll change their children's life. That's why I'm out there pitching this because I know the power that we're dealing with. And, you know, my, my object is I want to change the world one person and one inspiring goal at a time. And the way that I'm going to change that the world is by changing your world when you sign up for this program and learn how to really set a goal and then actually achieve it. That's beautiful. I love that passion and that mission, man. So, so our listeners, they go on to this and then what are they, is it a monthly fee, a yearly fee? What's that look like? Yeah, it, it, it's it's a monthly fee. And, and when I started, I got smarter. I never wanted money to be the problem uh, because I was there and, and knew what it was like. So uh, our, our slogan is it takes you 10 minutes and $10 a month. And mm. if your goals aren't worth 10 minutes and $10 a month, you need bigger goals. And that's, right. uh, that's, that's where we've come out with, with that. And uh just looking for a lot of people to, to get in there and change their lives and, and learn these strategies because really anybody can do it. If you have enough time, enough energy and enough focus, there's not a goal that you can achieve. I love it. Awesome. Well, we'll put this in the show notes where they can find you. Obviously you go up here, the unlucky sperm club, go to your website, nelsontressler.com. And it's been great having you on the circuit of success today. Thanks, Brett. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, 
Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.